Welcome to AJHP Voices, a series of discussions with AJHP authors and interviews focused on contemporary issues that drive health outcomes. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. Its mission is to advance science, pharmacy practice, and health outcomes. This is William Zelmer for AJHP Voices. I'm speaking with the author of the article entitled, The Pharmacist and Medical Aid in Dying. With me is Dr. Mark Hughes, who is assistant professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and a core faculty member at the Berman Institute of Bioethics at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. The definition of medical aid in dying that Dr. Hughes uses in his article is the practice in which a competent, terminally ill adult patient self-administers a lethal dose of medication prescribed by a physician. Dr. Hughes's article is timely because of ASHB's recent revision of its policy on pharmacist participation in medical aid in dying. Dr. Hughes was an advisor to the task force that developed the revised policy which was approved by the ASHP House of Delegates in June 2017. Mark, uh, thank you very much for having this conversation with me about your AJHP article. Um, let's start by having you discuss briefly what the key ethical considerations are that face health professionals with respect to medical aid in dying. Well, thanks very much, Bill, for uh, having me discuss the issue. It's obviously a very hot topic and debated across the country and in, and in the world. The ethical issues primarily center around, you know, the issue of uh, relief of suffering for terminally ill patients and how best to accomplish that. The proponents of the practice for medical aid in dying would argue that it's an obligation of professionals to relieve suffering and not abandon their patients and ultimately a issue of respect for autonomy if uh, a patient chooses this as, as an option to end their life. Whereas the opponents of the practice would question whether it's ever in the role of the professional to assist in the killing of a patient, uh, whether it undermines the, the trust between the clinician and the patient, and whether it might have uh, ultimate societal implications if the practice were more widely uh, practiced. Well, from a, a state and legal regulatory perspective, Mark, uh, what has been the trend on this issue over the past 20 years? There's been uh, increasing acceptance of the practice over the past couple of decades. If you looked in the 1980s and earlier, the, the debate was certainly there, and there were early discussions about it. And just since Oregon in the 1990s and uh, other states following suit, and perhaps you know, 20 or more states might uh, have uh, legislation pending uh, in the coming years. Public awareness of the issue, uh, perhaps uh, even a majority of people accepting uh, that this might be an option, and uh, favoring legalization of it, perhaps not at the federal level, but maybe at state levels. Right, right. Well, when you reflect on the, the newly revised ASHP policy position, what can you say in general about the role or value of health professional organizational position statements on this issue? Well, the uh, position statements uh, by organizations you know, have several intents. Uh, one is uh, to perhaps articulate uh, how the, the health professional, 
in this case, you know, pharmacists uh, should think about an issue, um, hopefully have uh, some discussion, deliberation within the organization about pros and cons, uh, especially about debated topics. And, you know, an organization has to represent its members. Sometimes ethically tense issues, you may not be able to reach consensus within the organization, but you can at least articulate the core principles that the professional should think about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this new position statement is trying to do. Right, right. Well, give us a sense then of the range of positions that health professional or health-related associations have taken on medical aid in dying. For physicians, I'm a physician, uh, would first turn to organizations like the AMA, the American Medical Association, which has historically been opposed to what they term physician-assisted suicide, we're calling medical aid in dying. Uh, The nomenclature has changed over the years, and each organization, depending on its viewpoint, might have a different terminology. You have other organizations that have physician members. I also think of AHPM, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. They take a position of studied neutrality where they accept that members will have diverse viewpoints. Members may be in states where the practice is legal and accept that those professionals might participate in in the practice. Nursing organizations also run the spectrum, but ANA, the American Nurses Association, has for many years been opposed to the practice, are concerned that it might undermine the trust that patients have in nurses and stipulate that it's inconsistent with the code of ethics for nurses. They also recognize, even in that you know, opposition, they recognize the challenges of still providing nursing care or physicians providing you know, medical care, pharmacists and their prescriptive authority, dispensing medications, recognize the challenges of still providing good palliative care to people uh, even when there are issues about medical aid and dying. Mark, you point out in your article that individual pharmacists can make decisions about medical aid and dying on three levels. Uh, First, as a person contemplating end of life. Uh, Secondly, as a citizen concerned about public policy. And thirdly, as a health professional. Uh, Let's focus on that third perspective, that of a health professional. And what are the key considerations here for pharmacists taking into account that most of them work for businesses or institutions that have policies related to participation in medical aid in dying? Ultimately, as the ASHP position statement articulates, the individual pharmacist is going to have to make up their own mind about um, whether or not they will participate. So the positions as, as the health professional could be Again, one of conscience, there could be conscientious objections saying, no, you'll never participate. One of saying, no, I want to participate. I think that, that this is a, a sound practice and, and helps people with their suffering. Uh, or a pharmacist uh, may have a third position of, of just not, not being sure, but, but uh, sort of waiting to, to hear the situation, patient's story, and whether or not they would participate based on, on the merits of that, that particular case. The challenge there, you know, when it's a uh, a pharmacist working within an organization, if they're an employee, not only their individual decision of whether to participate, but also their role within the institution. Does the organization have a particular position, either restricting or permitting participation by their staff? 
and if the pharmacist is pro or con, uh, how are they going to feel about their organization's position? They might help to influence the organization's uh, ultimate stance, deciding whether or not they're going to participate, especially in you know states where it is legal. So they, they have to be an active participant in the, in the dialogue uh, within the institution, and then you know in the practice of uh, delivering care, decide whether as an individual they will participate. Mm-hmm. Mark, uh, when considering the role of pharmacists in medical aid in dying, it seems important to recognize the range of practice situations for pharmacists. Uh, for example, a pharmacist who is on a patient care team that provides palliative care might well be directly engaged in decisions regarding medical aid in dying, whereas a pharmacist in a dispensing pharmacy is likely not to have had such engagement when he or she receives prescriptions uh, whose intent is to aid a person in dying. Uh, Give us a sense of how a pharmacist in that latter situation, uh, the the, uh, dispensing environment, should approach due diligence in assessing the appropriateness of the prescriptions. A pharmacist in you know uh, dispensing any medication uh, has to pay attention to issues of safety, efficacy, cost, uh, education of the patient. Um, so I think that still goes along with uh, the medications used for medically dying. They they have to pay attention to all all of those factors. Uh, it may be the case that they'll have limited interaction with a terminally ill patient who's going to be potentially using this as an option. They still have to dispense the medication either to that patient, to their prescribing physician, or to someone else designated by the, uh, the patient or physician. My sense of due diligence would, first of all, mean that the, the pharmacist getting an inquiry from the physician or getting the, the prescription from the physician has a conversation with that physician. Uh, ask them a little bit about the, the patient's situation. In my mind, the due diligence is really have the palliative care needs of that patient been met. If the ultimate goal of medical aid and dying is to assist people with their suffering, have other resources been utilized to help them with their suffering? And, and the medical aid and dying is really just a, a last resort option when it's intractable suffering. My sense for the pharmacist uh, in the dispensing pharmacy is ask the physician some questions. Feel confident that the physician has, one, explored these issues with the patient, has prescribed uh, or, uh, or recommended appropriate palliative care, whether it's relief of physical symptoms or emotional suffering, uh, existential suffering, that uh, there's been some attempt by that physician and perhaps the palliative care team or hospice team to really take care of the patient and their suffering. That would be due diligence in my mind for that dispensing pharmacist. And again, they'll have the options of declining, saying yes, or based on the information they hear, deciding whether they're going to work in this case uh, for this patient. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you about uh, your reflection on the newly revised ASHP policy on medical aid in dying. I'll read it for the benefit of listeners. The policy reads, to affirm that a pharmacist's decision to participate or decline to participate in medical aid in dying for competent, terminally ill patients where legal is one of individual conscience. Further, 
to reaffirm that pharmacists have a right to participate or decline to participate in medical aid in dying without retribution. Further, to take a stance of studied neutrality on legislation that would permit medical aid in dying for competent, terminally ill patients. Any comments, Mark? Yeah, I think all three particular statements in the uh, policy are consistent with other ASHP policies where it's dealing with a you know, controversial issue. The idea, first of all, that it is a matter of individual conscience. Sometimes uh, conscience objection itself is a, is a debated topic and when it can be invoked and, and so on. Some of the literature with regard to conscience objection would say it, it ultimately is a matter of moral integrity of, of the health professional. So if the pharmacist feels that their integrity as a pharmacist has been threatened, then this becomes an issue of uh, individual conscience and they have to make up their mind of whether or not they would participate. So uh, that part of it is consistent with other hotly debated uh, topics uh, that pharmacists may deal with. The second point, of, again, if it is an individual decision on the part of the pharmacist, uh, they can say yes, they can say no, and there shouldn't be penalties uh, one way or the other, either legally or at an institutional level, that everyone should have respect for autonomy and the autonomy of the pharmacist uh, to decide whether or not they're going to, to practice uh, a particular way. Uh, and then as an organization, we talked about the difficulties of uh, really reaching consensus on some of these uh, hot topics and the idea that studied neutrality, uh, recognizing their diversity of opinions, that reasonable people are going to, to disagree perhaps, and that the issue of legalization is, is more left up to legislators and, and the public in the arena of public debate, and that the organization being neutral with regard to the outcome of that might serve all the people that the organization represents. You know, I, I think it's um, fairly well understood in all of the health professions that when, um, for matters of conscience, the health professional declines to participate, there's still a need, uh, an ethical obligation to respect the patient's self-determination and to uh, refer the patient to someone else who would be of assistance. Do you have any comment on that facet of the issue here? Well, I also think that's an issue of individual conscience. In my article, I talk about the concept of moral complicity and at what point uh, does one become complicit in the actions of another. There are some in the ethics literature that would argue even, you know, referral is being complicit in the action. I, again, I think it's going to be up to the individual pharmacist to decide at what point they might feel complicit in the, in the actions either of the patient, the physician, themselves. The surest way, if, if you're going to object to a, a particular practice, you still want to assure that the patient receives good care to refer them to someone else. Maybe not uh, specifically for the thing you're objecting to, in this case, medical aid and dying, but referring to another pharmacist that would then make their own reasoned judgment about mm -hmm. uh, the permissibility or impermissibility. Right, right. Mark, do you have uh, a prediction about the trend over the next 20 years related to state laws on medical aid in dying? I think it's still going to be controversial. Uh, that'll be uh, the case uh, regardless of uh, where things evolve 
in the next 20 years, but my guess is that other states will adopt similar legislation to what's uh, currently in existence in five states and Montana and in District of Columbia. So there, there may be a movement towards more states. I don't think it'll be universal across the United States, but probably more states, and that means more people having this as a legal option. There may be some contesting of it uh, at the federal level. I don't know uh, if it will make it its way again to the Supreme Court, but I think that's a possibility. But I think it's certainly an, an opportunity for more discussion and dialogue and really trying to figure out how to, to best take care of people uh, at the end of life. Well, Mark, uh, thank you very much. This has been a conversation with Dr. Mark Hughes of Johns Hopkins University about his article, The Pharmacist and Medical Aid in Dying. This is William Zelmer for AJHP Voices. Thank you for listening. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, the premier source for impactful, relevant, and cutting-edge professional and scientific content that drives optimal medication use and health outcomes, please visit www.ajhp.org.